0: that microphone. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, what did you just say? I say so you're not going to use. I'm
1: that. not going to use a microphone okay.
0: Okay. because it. I don't. Philip's the one who needs it. Uh, his voice doesn't project, and I move, and I'm in and, and I could already tell I'm not going to stay here. Yeah. So.
2: I'll be right <laughs> class. <laughs> I'll be
1: right after class. to Thank you. 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 you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you. Go on, guys.
0: They want to Did did Father uh, tell you what I said? I just said no. No,
2: I'm sorry. I was too preoccupied, but I will. Well, I got to tell him personally. Well, Father God, we
3: just—it's a—it's
2: uh, a tough situation. To understand? We uh, we want the we want the best for John
1: Smith. Reminded it again. This place is not our home. We have a permanent place. But I submit.
0: think this is on yet. Well, I didn't plan on using the microphone, but uh, but I really think I should this morning. I'm not sure. I mean, I can project as well as Philip, and but we both sort of might need a little help in this cavernous fellowship room. Uh, yeah, this is a very um, sober moment for all of us. Um, got the call earlier this week about John, and um, it was just one more reminder that you know, we don't know what the next breath holds. And so our prayers, of course, are with Jessica and Katie and Christian and all those who mourn. And it uh, really, somewhat, you know, God can... Well, God is God, so I'm not going to... What I want to do this morning is we're going to go through 19. Now, we'll go at least through the first ten verses, very possibly uh, since... We'll see, uh, but but if if we don't finish 19 this week, we'll finish it next week, which means, of course, we're three chapters away from the conclusion of Revelation, and as Philip has mentioned several times in the last couple of Sundays, it's um, really all of Scripture, but certainly something like the Apocalypse requires reading and, reading and reading and reading and reading and reading, but it's there for a reason. We have it, you know, in our Bible. In one of the 66 books that the Lord's provided us for a reason. And that reason is that He wants us to read it, glean from it, live by it, and and so forth. So uh, I encourage you, when this study is over, which will be over in three or four weeks, that um, maybe this will just whet all of our appetites for a little more uh, private study. At the very least, read the text. Uh, Even though it was a lengthy text this morning during the sermon at Exodus 14, I really appreciate when a preacher, a teacher, small group leader, whomever, whenever we just read the Bible, Um, we're going to be reading Revelation 19 real soon. I've always thought, well, it's the Word of God, I'll provide a little bit of commentary, and your discussion is nothing more than commentary. Some of it's sort of a pooling of ignorance, including me. Others have really put some work into it, but either way, when you at least read the text, read scripture, that God has the opportunity to speak to you, the Holy Spirit to your heart. So we're not going to jump into Revelation 19, I'm going to do what I have done in the past, and I'll show you what, this won't make much sense until I get into it, and may not make any sense then. <clears throat> um, thought about this when I, when I heard the word about Brother John, and it really fit well, I think, into the study of Revelation. Um, we're all, I think, familiar with uh, John chapter 14, so let me just, from memory, you, you, don't, you can read it later, but I think you'll get the gist of it. Jesus is just getting ready to ascend, right? The, the end is, is drawing near, his third year of ministry, John chapter 14. He calls his, his 12 together, um, and he said, uh, "'Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me.'" In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, he asks this rhetorical question, if it were not so, what I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to be with me. Of course, Thomas says, Lord, we don't know where you're going. We don't even know the way to get there. And that's when that very popular... Sixth verse, Thomas, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And then Philip closed with, well, if you'll show us the Father, we'll be satisfied. (laughs) And Jesus said, Philip, have I been with you so long and you really still don't get it? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The verse I want to focus on as we return to Revelation is verse 3. If I told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you, I will come again. Now, I am so grateful, and there are multiple passages. I was going to list them all on the slide, but I, there are too many. It's wonderful that when it comes to our sins, God forgives and he forgets. How he forgets, I really don't know. We'll that word later if you want to in a different study. But he forgives and he forgets. But he has assured us he will not forget his promise his promise is i will come again i will make all things new i will remove evil from this world and i will create a new heaven and a new earth and that's the theme of revelation that's what it's all about um, now i've added second peter 3 i was going to just with that one verse, but let's go ahead and turn to this text. Look at 2 Peter chapter 3. In fact, um, let me just have someone else read, it's a lengthy text, not too lengthy. Um, yeah, somebody read verse 10 through 13, and then I might read it a second time, uh, once again, just to hear the word of the Lord. So whoever has 2 Peter 3, 10 through 13, if you would read it, that'd be
2: great.
3: Of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire and the earth, and everything done in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed his coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens. By fire, and the elements will melt with heat. But in keeping with His promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness Ah,
0: uh, Thank you, Philip. Okay, now back up to verse 8. But actually, I was going to include that. I forgot it. My, it's my bad. Verse 8 and 9, But do not forget this one Therefore, for with the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And then He goes on, as Philip read, talking about how it's going to end. Well, sometimes we think we may, and I think so did the recipients of Second of, of Peter, those um, completed Jews in, in the dispersion. Uh, who, you know, might well feel like, well, you know, you're just kind of taking your time on this second coming thing. And so Peter, in in whatever words I think that we can understand, reminds them that, well, you know, with the Lord one day is like a thousand years. And if there's no time on the other side of eternity, and if the Lord Himself is eternal, then we think of slowness, and He thinks of slowness, and there are Completely two different timetables. So this is how wit does it. I'm thinking, all right, Lord, you promised us in John 14, and you've talked about it repeatedly in Revelation, that you will come again. When will that be? And I think his answer to me is, well, there are still those who have the chance to repent. And after all, wit, it's only been less than two days. I made the promise less than two days ago. Give me a break, right? With the Lord, a thousand years a couple of thousand years okay so as we continue reading through revelation keep that in mind at the very least we can say this now every you know i I probably talk about age too much and i really don't mean to talk about age i don't i'm not the least bit morbid i i i I don't look forward to dying but i i think i look forward to death And, and there's nothing suicidal or morbid about that Um, the fact is we are all just passing through. And while we're on this side, as Philip just got through reading, you know, God tells us how we ought to live as we wait for His coming. Revelation repeats that repeatedly. Live a faithful life. Let the rest, you know, let God handle the rest. You be faithful. I've got this under control, all right? And um, so we're all just passing through. In fact, I suspect in a Three days from now, when I share a few words at our brother John's um, celebration of moving to the other side, I'll say something like that. Pretty much, I don't know what else to say. And I always pray about it when somebody asks if I'll share a few words at a funeral, and I never really know what to say. I'm not—that's a rabbit. I'm sorry. That's where my mind is right now. You know, we are who we are. Okay, this is what I want to remind us of: Revelation. Chapter 1 opens with a vision from the Ancient of Days. In fact, his appearance, Jesus' appearance, taken you know, John goes back to Daniel 7, his appearance was so uh, incredible that John fell down as though dead. And the Ancient of Days, the Son of Man, Christ Himself, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Son of God, he tells John... Uh, I want you to write what you see and what you hear and send it to the seven churches. It's a vision of the end time. And by extension, I want you to write and what you see and send it to the Antioch church and to all of God's people until the moment comes and I return. Everyone needs to understand this. The vision... Introduced John to a scroll, chapters 4 and 5. The scroll, sealed with seven seals, had a timeline in it. There was a message in it. And the message, in my own words, you know, as as I look at it, and just to remind you, it's the theme of the end times. And the truth is that that the day will come when Jesus Christ will remove all evil from this world. Yes, he talks about Rome, chapter 17 and 18. We'll get to that in just a moment as a a quick reference. But he's talking about removing all of the work of the devil from this world. The very thing that Jose was talking about during the communion this morning. All that we have on this side of eternity that is dark and evil and sinful and horrible, Jesus will completely eradicate. And when he does... He will judge all evil, so the scroll contains the judgment of evil, of the dragon, the beast, the prophet, all evil, and then he will conclude and make all things new. And all of his people, all the saints, from the the moment of creation, will reside with him forever and ever. And so, I'll see John again, so will you. I'll see my dad again. You'll see those who have passed on before you, and so forth. In the meantime, we live a beautiful life and we do the very best we can. That's what Revelation's all about. So, um, the scroll had seven seals. The seventh, really the sixth seal announced victory, uh, verses 15 through 17. The seventh seal opened us up to the seven trumpets. The seventh trumpet announced victory. Jesus wins the Lamb conquers evil, and the seventh trumpet introduced us to the seven cups of wrath. And each time we have the story unfolding, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven cups, and all of these interludes, it builds and builds and builds to a final crescendo, the fall of Babylon, the fall of Rome, the fall of evil, uh, we read in chapters 17 and 18, Now we're going to come to chapter 19 where we have uh, praise for that judgment and praise for the marriage of the Lamb and the church. And then we have the fate of the dragon, the devil, the antichrist, the beast. As far as the seven churches, I'm sure that was Rome. For us today, it's clearly, uh, by extension, all evil societies all evil people, and then we even have the, the, not even, we have the false prophet, and all unbelievers. So, um, that leads us up to, um, oh, I was going to say this too, this is the message of the scroll as well. In fact, evil cannot sin, cannot commit sin with impunity. We think sometimes that they get away with it. And I'm sure the early churches in Asia Minor were thinking, Rome's going to get away with this. And they've been horrific. And from that point forward, all of those evil powers who have persecuted the church, God's people, happening today, again, referencing what our brother Goyo said, they think it's all they can do this with impunity, but they can't. The time will soon come. If at the very least, in their lifetime, our lifetime, the time will come when God will eradicate evil. They will be judged. We will be redeemed not because of our own flawlessness and perfection. We'll be redeemed because of the blood of the Lamb. We'll notice that in Revelation 19, the latter part. What's the one weapon that Jesus uses to cast the, to, to is this, is this uh, not, am, am, am I too close to it? Yeah. Never, never give a, I never give a teacher or preacher a microphone. That's really <laughs> dangerous. Fortunately, we don't have control of the volume because as I speak, I would just keep that volume going up. Okay i don't know where i was when that happened but let's get in revelation 19. all right i'm not going to use this we're just going to project all right chapter 17 and 18 now that philip wonderfully led us through is really the judgment of babylon now that's a metaphor as far as the seven churches were concerned it was a judgment of rome as far as we are concerned today it's a judgment of all evil people all evil governments everything that the devil himself and his demons and all of his human minions, everything that he does today and has for the last 2,000 years, Revelation 17 and 18 tells us it's going to stop. They're going to be conquered. The Lamb of God will come and destroy Babylon, Rome, and all the future Babylons. Everyone who attacks God's people, the body of Christ, the bride of the Lamb. And so who's he talking to? Well, he's talking to the church. It's written to the churches, to us. And it's supposed to, and it does. It comforts us, right? Okay, that's Judgment of Babylon, chapter 7 and 18. But what Philip could not interpret, because it wasn't there in those two chapters, what about the fate of the dragon and the beast and the prophet? Let's pick up now, with look at verse 20 of Revelation 18. With that, we're going to move right into 19. As the the moment Babylon, and that's a metaphor, keep that in mind, the moment Babylon is destroyed, an angel speaks and says, Rejoice over her, O heaven. Rejoice, saints and apostles and prophets. God has judged her for the way she treated you. Now he's addressing two different groups. He's addressing the, all of the angelic. He's addressing heaven, and he's addressing earth. And he says, okay, heaven, you can rejoice. You can rejoice. God has destroyed Babylon, destroyed the dragon and the beast and the prophet and all evil. And by the way, church, you can, you can also rejoice. Now, that's what we're hearing as we move into Revelation 19. Are you with me? Here we go. Verse 1, after this... I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God for true and just are His judgments. He has condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He has avenged on her the blood of His servants. And again they shouted. Who's the they, by the way? They. Right. Okay. We're talking about heaven right here. See verse 1, After this I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting hallelujah. Verse 3, And again they shouted hallelujah, the smoke from her goes up forever and ever. The 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God who was seated on the throne. And they cried amen, hallelujah. Now the first four verses deal with this praise that the angel said, you really need to sing praise. By the way, any time anytime evil is conquered in your own life, right, or the life of the church collectively, or we, we, can, we can say, wow, and we can celebrate, we can praise. Now, there's not much more to those four verses that I want to add. If You're, you're welcome to add whatever you choose. Does anybody have a thought on the first four verses before we move on? We have time. Um, so this is this feeding off 18 and 20, the angel says, Rejoice. And so the next thing we hear is, Heaven is rejoicing. Now, by the way, they're not rejoicing over what will happen. They're rejoicing over what has already happened. So keep that in mind. Any thoughts? Was that a cough or somebody had a question? (laughs) What verse? Verses 1 through 4, yeah, of of Revelation 19, sister. Here we go. I've got good news for you, by the way. Don't tell anyone, all right? I'm beginning a new hearing aid this week. (laughs) Actually, two.
3: Yeah,
0: I don't have it on yet. I'm hoping it will really make a big difference. Other than I'm, 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 I'm hoping, Vince, I can control it and program who I don't want to hear. <laughs> Debbie, of course, will not be there. Okay. All right. Now, now since heaven has already proclaimed praises and thanksgiving based on the angel saying, come on, guys, you need to really, you know, celebrate the moment. The angel says that all heaven goes ballistic, just like they did, by the way, in chapter 5, when the Lamb took the scroll and heaven just sang this incredible song, worthy is the Lamb, right, to come forward, take the scroll from the hand of God and break open its seals. And, it, it, and the 24 elders bowed down and worshiped. And the four living creatures all said amen it's the same scene where the lamb takes the scroll and breaks open the seals same thing okay now look at verse 5 then a voice now not this is not christ because it's pretty obvious from the this has to be one of the four living creatures then a voice came from the throne saying now he's talking to earth praise our god all you his servants You who fear him, both great and small. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like... um Loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. Now the angels in heaven, verses 1 through 4, were singing Hallelujah because the dragon, Rome, dragon, and the beast, the Antichrist, and the false prophet were destroyed. They were destroyed. They were cast out so heaven is is rejoicing the church is rejoicing obviously they they rejoice because of this but this text tells us the church has a different focus heaven's rejoicing that the devil was defeated the church is rejoicing because they're getting ready we're getting ready to get married we're preparing ourselves for the groom to return for the, let it rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come. Now, we might think, and we would think correctly so, Ephesians 1 19 and 20, that the church indeed is the bride of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. But there is something unique. In fact, let's go ahead and read it. Turn to Ephesians 5. I think what, who he's addressing here is the uh, radiant church, the church that is um, without spot or blemish. We are his bride by, you know, look at Ephesians, um, Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, let's, let's, in fact, I'll just read it. Look at verse 25. Are you there? Ephesians five twenty-five. If not, just listen to me. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, he loved her in order to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present, her, to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Now, because of the Holy Spirit, we can approach our groom, we can approach Christ, we the, the, the body of Christ, we the bride of the Lamb, we can approach Jesus stainless but not on our own accord, we you know, go through the Lord. I think the time is coming when the church will be completely radiant. And I think that word is very carefully used here. Uh, and I believe that's what he's referencing in Revelation 19. Any thoughts on that? They're waiting for, the, for him to come, right? Verse seven. Verse 8, fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Uh, fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. Now, let's finish verses 9 and 10. It's really double symbolism, I think. Um, there will be no unbelievers at this wedding. They're all believers. But notice what he says. Then the angel said to me, John, write, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. And we'll read verse 10 in just a moment. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding of the Lamb. Well, we're both the bride and we're invited. <laughs> There's, you know, I don't know how else to interpret that other than sort of a double symbolic moment. So the body of Christ, the church, we are His wife you know, using human analogies, but the time will come when we will be presented to God as without stain, without blemish, when he comes again. Uh, so we're both the, um, we're at the wedding because we're in the wedding, but we're also the invited guests. Verse 10, at this I fell at his feet to worship him. You know, I, I find this interesting that even somebody let's. I believe this was the john the son of zebedee i believe he was an old man he had been with the lord as a young teenager no doubt Um, clearly he was one of his beloved apostles he's had the holy spirit with him his entire life and still he doesn't sometimes get it i guess if an angel appeared to us right now Michael or Gabriel or, you know, clear this angelic manifestation, or maybe privately might be the better way. He appears to me privately. I, 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 I think I would be tempted to kind of fall on my face. And I could see the angel pick me up and say, whoa, what are you doing? You know? And this is what he says. He said in verse 10, at this, I fell to his feet to worship him, but he said to me, do not do it. It's a, it's a, it's a command imperative. Do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. And then he says, worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, those are the first 10 verses. Um, let's, let's go on a, a little bit further, perhaps, unless there's a comment. and we can, if, if you have a thought, this would be a good time to add it before we get to verse 11 and following.
2: Say members do fall these just like John did to this angel. And, the,
0: and, and they, they receive it. <laughs>
2: to their head, however you want to say it, their head ups or their leaders or whatever they yeah. want to be called. And, and but here it is an angel which is greater That's right. saying, get up.
0: That's right. That's right. Excellent point. Excellent. And that's, that's a danger for all of us, even even within here. I mean, even in the Lord's church, even within our fellowship, you know. We just need to be careful. I highly respect my uh, fellow shepherds uh, and, and uh, respected them long before I, they asked me to serve for a little bit uh, and so forth. But we're just, we're all in the same leaky boat, all of us. Yeah, yeah. Yes?
3: Yeah. Again, the same thing whenever... I. Uh this angel just reminds John that the angel himself is a servant. The 24 elders, four living creatures, all of them are servants. No one is deserving of any worship or praise. And and in a secondary way, I think that was also meant for Christians to recognize, you know, when Domitian is going to call you uh To say he is the Lord and God, which he demanded, Um, not even an angel. An angel knows his place. And uh, it just certainly is a nice warning or subtle warning to anyone. There's only one that deserves Mm -hmm. worship.
0: A great text in Philippians 2, you know, the whole Mm -hmm. um, kenosis passage that, you know, one day will all, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Okay, um, I think instead of moving on, we'll, we'll wrap up 19 next week. We're going to have a little moment of prayer here. Um, we'll wrap up 19 next week, and then the following Sunday, perhaps, we can uh, jump into, uh, we will get into Revelation 20, talk about the 1,000-year reign, then Revelation chapters 21 and 22, wrap it up. So, you know, thanks to uh, Philip and to you, we've, uh, we've worked through this pretty well. We're not through. We're not through especially when we talk about that thousand-year reign, which we'll mention in one verse (laughs) just one time. All right, does anybody have a thought, question, uh, request for prayer? Before we do that, uh, let me turn uh, to uh, Mike uh, Wags. Would you close us in prayer in just a moment? And so you don't have to write this down, but take a mental note. Are there any requests? I'll open with Jessica and um, Katie and Christian. Any other thoughts before? Yes, ma'am. I have a nephew named Michael
3: who has throat cancer. And he was hoarse the 4th of July when I saw him. Now he can't speak. Now he's on a feeding tube because he
2: can't swallow.
0: Yeah, that was, um, I say this not for wags. You don't have to jot this stuff down, brother. But that was Pam's nephew, Michael. Keep Michael in prayer. Any, yes, Vince. Uh,
1: Kim Foster, uh, we've been members of Ragnar for years, we've known him for about 50 years. Kim's had, uh, I think he's in that school, but right now we were just told that he's been put in hospice. Mm. They're really great people. We've known him a long time.
0: You bet. Any other what about praises? Anybody have a praise to mention? Something wonderful? I the Nell?
2: Oh wow. Mm-hmm.
0: That's wonderful.
2: And the cancer have, they have a
0: rule that it That's great. God is good. All the time.
3: All the time. God is good.
0: Any other thoughts before we close here? Wags, take us away.
2: go through
0: Amen. Have a blessed week.
1: I just to tell you, sometimes it just overwhelms me. I am so thankful to know you and have you as a friend. You're you are such a gracious teacher, and totally self effacing. Uh, I don't think it's. I, I, I don't think anybody in the class, Philip may be excluded, has more Bible knowledge than you do, but the way you allow everyone to speak, you validate. I love you. I, Coming
0: from a dear friend, I love you guys too. Always will. Thank you.
2: you thank you for all All you do